0: So, with no further preemptive announcements, I would like to welcome you to Seattle Mennonite Church and our worship service via Zoom this morning. Glad to have you here. We're going to be continuing our summer worship series of listening and learning. Um, In this series, we've been featuring and amplifying the voices of Black preachers. folks within our Mennonite church or broader Anabaptist community, and also those in sort of the extended ecumenical circles of which we are a part. Uh, And today we get to hear from a Mennonite, um, which is very exciting. Shannon Dykus will be our preacher this morning. She um, was formerly the pastor at First Mennonite Church of Indianapolis and is just a really wonderful human being. I've um, had the joy of being with her in a number of meetings and just really love Shannon. Um, She is now actually at Eastern Mennonite University as their dean of students. So she will be our preacher later on. Regardless of where we are across the city, the state, and the country, we are, each one of us, gathered on the land of first peoples. And here in Seattle, we're on the lands of the Duwamish tribe, a people who are still alive and active in the city. They have their home on the Longhouse, which is along the Duwamish River. This week, I wanna share another solidarity opportunity with our Duwamish neighbors. They have asked allies to support restoration of a Duwamish River mural by John Romero. And John Romero is a visual artist of the Eastern Shoshone tribe. The mural was commissioned for a really large open wall just north of Boeing Field in Georgetown. And this mural by John Romero, created in collaboration with his son Joe, celebrates the four rivers that used to drain into the Duwamish. The black, the cedar, the green, and the white. And it also, in this mural, tells the legend of Sky Taw, a being who lived at the mouth of that black river. After five years, the mural has been vandalized, um, and the Duwamish have set a fundraising goal of $7,000 to restore the mural to its original beauty, to celebrate John Romero's work in the local Native artist community, and to educate the broader community about the history and presence of the Duwamish tribe in the Seattle area. So Melanie has put a couple of links um, in the chat box. first tells the story and and has an image of the mural where you can look at it and the invitation. Um, And then the second link is where you can make a donation if you would like to. For our call to worship, I want you to know that if you are delighted to be here and if you are tired or troubled, you are welcome. If your faith is strong, And if your faith is battered or frail, you are welcome. If you love Zoom Church, or if you are barely tolerating it, you are welcome. This is a come-as-you-are community gathering, and each one of you is welcome in this place. Welcome to be gathered under the mother hen wings of our God. Let us sing our invocation together, inviting the Holy Spirit to be with us. Holy Spirit, come with power.
1: Holy Spirit, come with power, breathe into our aching eyes. We expect you this night. Waiting for your strength and light We are fearful, we are willing We are weak and selfish too Break upon your congregation Give us bigger life new. Holy Spirit, come with fire, burn us with your presence new. Let us as one mighty choir sing our hymn of praise to you. Burn away our wasted sadness, and inflame us with your love. Burst upon your congregation, give us gladness from above. Holy Spirit, bring your message, burn and breathe each word aloof. Deep into our tired living till we strive, your work to do. Teach us love and trust in kindness. Lend our hands to those who hurt. Pray upon your coming. And
0: inspire us with your word. Amen. We light our peace candle each week to acknowledge that we both witness to and participate in God's vision for a just peace for all creation. Remembering that budgets are moral documents. Today we specifically pray for our city council members here in Seattle as they make budgetary decisions this week that have great impacts on our community. May they be inspired to match their votes with a vision for justice and peace for each one. Together, we long for a just peace. We pray for a just peace. We choose to live for a just peace. Peace of Christ be with you all, and also with you.
2: The children's time today, we're reading the book Last Stop on Market Street by Matt de la Pena and uh, with illustrations by the black artist Christian Robinson. CJ pushed through the church doors, skipped down the steps. The outside air smelled like freedom, but it also smelled like rain, which freckled CJ's shirt and dripped down his nose. He ducked under his Nana's umbrella saying, how come we gotta wait for the bus in all this wet? Trees get thirsty too, his Nana told him. Don't you see that big one drinking through a straw? CJ looked for a long time, but never saw a straw. From the bus stop, he watched water pool on flower petals watched rain patter against the windshield of a nearby car. His friend Colby climbed in, gave CJ a wave, and drove off with his dad. Nana, how come we don't got a car? Boy, what do we need a car for? We got a bus that breathes fire, and old Mr. Dennis, who always has a trick for you. The bus creaked to a stop in front of them. It sighed and sagged and the door swung open. What's that I see, Mr. Dennis asked. He pulled a coin from behind CJ's ear, placed it in his palm. Nana laughed her deep laugh and pushed CJ along. They sat right up front. The man across the way was tuning a guitar. An old woman with curlers had butterflies in a jar. Nana gave everyone a great big smile and a good afternoon. She made sure CJ did the same. The bus lurched forward and stopped, lurched forward and stopped. Nana hummed as she knit. How come we always gotta go here after church, CJ said. Miguel and Colby never have to go nowhere. I feel sorry for those boys, she told him. They'll never get a chance to meet Bobo or the sunglass man. And I hear Trixie got herself a brand new hat. CJ stared out the window, feeling sorry for himself. He watched cars zip by on either side, watched a group of boys hop curbs on bikes. A man climbed aboard with a spotted dog. CJ gave up his seat. How come that man can't see? Boy, what do you know about seeing, Nana told him. Some people watch the world with their ears. That's a fact. Their noses, too, the man said, sniffing at the air. That's a mighty fine perfume you're wearing today, ma'am. Nana squeezed the man's hand and laughed her deep laugh. Two older boys got on next. CJ watched as they moved on by and stood in back. Sure wish I had one of those, he said. Nana set down her knitting. What for? You got the real live thing sitting across from you. Why don't you ask the man if he'll play us a song? CJ didn't have to. The guitar player was already plucking strings and beginning to sing. To feel the magic of music, the blind man whispered, I like to close my eyes. Nana closed hers too. So did CJ and the spotted dog. And in the darkness, the rhythm lifted C.J. out of the bus, out of the busy city. He saw sunset colors swirling over crashing waves, saw a family of hawks slicing through the sky, saw the old woman's butterflies dancing free in the light of the moon. C.J.'s chest grew full, and he was lost in the sound, and the sound gave him the feeling of magic." The sound ended, and C.J. opened his eyes. Everyone on the bus clapped, even the boys in back. Nana glanced at the coin in C.J.'s palm. C.J. dropped it in the man's hat. Last stop on Market Street, Mr. Dennis called. C.J. looked around as he stepped off the bus. Crumbling sidewalks and broken-down doors, graffiti-tagged windows and boarded-up stores. He reached for his Nana's hand. How come it's always so dirty over here? She smiled and pointed to the sky. Sometimes when you're surrounded by dirt, CJ, you're a better witness for what's beautiful. CJ saw a perfect rainbow arcing over their soup kitchen. He wondered how his Nana always found beautiful where he never even thought to look. He looked all around them again, at the bus rounding the corner out of sight and the broken street lamps still lit up bright and the stray cat shadows moving across the wall. When he spotted their familiar faces in the window, he said, I'm glad we came. He thought his Nana might laugh her deep laugh, but she didn't. She patted him on the head and told him, me too, CJ, now come on.
3: Today we're going to learn Jesus loves me in Spanish. So um,
4: if you'd follow along, I'll I'll say the words first. Then we'll sing in English and then sing in Spanish. Um, And the words mean exactly the same thing as they do in English. Cristo me ama, me ama a mí. Su palabra dice así. Niños pueden ir a él quien es nuestro amigo fiel. And the chorus, Si Cristo me ama, si Cristo me ama, si Cristo me ama, la Biblia dice así. Let's sing. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, little ones to him be. loves me yes Jesus loves me the Bible tells me so Cristo me ama me ama a mi su palabra dice así niños pueden ir a el quien es nuestro amigo fiel si Cristo me ama Si, Cristo me ama, si, Cristo me
3: ama, la Biblia dice así. Our scripture today... Our scripture today
5: is from Luke, chapter 13. Today's reading is often called The Lament Over Jerusalem and follows three familiar stories of Jesus's ministry. A crippled woman healed on the Sabbath, the parables of the mustard seed, and the yeast and the narrow door. The words of Jesus, beginning with verse 31. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. Jesus said to them, Go and tell that fox for me, Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow and on the third day I finished my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed away from Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often have I desired to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of our God. For the word of God in Scripture, for the word of God among us, or the word of God within us.
3: Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God.
0: Shannon Dykus is our preacher this morning, formerly the pastor at First Mennonite Church in Indianapolis and now Dean of Students at Eastern Mennonite University. She also has experience in chaplaincy and education across the age range. We're going to be hearing from her a sermon that she preached at Christian Theological Seminary in Indianapolis in 2016, in which she invites us to consider lament, Jesus's lament, and our own. And. She invites us into the story and the image of our mother hen God gathering her brood, each and every last one with tenderness and with vulnerability. The sermon will be about 15 minutes and with no further ado, here she is.
6: Good afternoon. Good
3: afternoon,
6: this is a wonderfully familiar and unfamiliar space right now. I was married on this carpet and ordained on this carpet <laughs> but I have conveniently avoided standing at this podium for many, many years. So pray with me. God, you are already here. Your spirit fills this place. And so now we ask that you enter into our minds and our hearts a little deeper. Allow your word to take root. Allow it to sprout so that we may be fruit for this world amen. It was a Tuesday evening in late July of last year in a campus chapel much like this one but filled with the heat of enraged college students heavy with the weight of heartbroken sorority sisters and a mother a mother fresh with the sight of a traffic stop that would lead to the death of her beloved daughter. With questions and prayers aching after the justice that only lives in God's heart, Geneva Reed Veal stood in front of that crowd and spoke her grief. I have to put my baby in the ground. She wasn't a conflict. She wasn't my suspect. She was my baby. Most of us do not know this type of pain. The death of Sandra Bland was beyond understanding and explanation to those who loved her. But this tragedy and this mother's pain points us toward a simultaneous grief and love that we might be able to relate to. Have you ever found yourself in a place where you love someone that you cannot protect? That mm right there, that was lament. A suffering, maybe even an anguish for an element of your life that you both love and fear for. This love that you hold broken in your hands, but cannot fix. It creates a despair that leaves us with the lone option to seek God's help, hoping God can one day restore what has been lost. Injustice, personal sin, collective brokenness all become antecedents to our lament. The book of Lamentations journeys with the Israelites as they mourn. It is a poem of personal loss and lament. Job laments as he questions God cursing and demanding an account for his pain. Psalm 22 is a lamenting cry for help. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? In his words about the realities of Chicago streets, Father Flegger lamented just yesterday that killings this year have increased 130%. With 365 shootings already this year, 70 of them fatal. Our congregation is doing a creation care series this Lent, living with the collective sinfulness that our American lifestyle allows us to consume 22.3 acres of our planet, when the fair and just portion is 4.5. Jesus understood this lament. And this lament provides the only just worthy, trustworthy bridge to God across the deep seismic quaking of our lives. We hear it in his words, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children as a hen, gathers her brood under her wings, Yet you are not willing. Jesus has been on his way to Jerusalem since chapter 9 of this book. Before we reach today's chapter, today's passage, Jesus urges us to repent or we will perish. The parable of the fig tree, a crippled woman is healed, parables of the mustard seed and the yeast, then this reminder of this narrow door that we are all fasting, trying to fit our way through. It is on the heels of this that the Pharisees appear to warn Jesus of Herod's coming. This is what we hear in Jesus' tone. He's exhausted, pained by the distance between the encounters of people and God's desires for their life. He's burdened by the proximity of Herod's threat and certain that God's response to all this will mean sacrifice. Let me bring this a little closer for you students. It's like taking three gateways in a row <laughs> on top of a full semester class, getting one weekend off, and having to prepare a paper due for the first of two intensive coming up, and your book for the paper is backordered. You've lost some of your filters because life is just tight and you accidentally told off your partner by saying more of the truth than you meant to. (laughs) And your friends don't understand you and all these new words you use and why every free five minutes you get, you add on another paragraph. You realize that this ministry thing is going to mean that you are going to lose some people and some things. All of that and underneath this is an additional tension for Jesus. He was a powerful teacher, a worker of miracles, a prophet that shook the foundations of the earth. He woke each day sacrificing with deep love for a people in the wake of a power that he recognized would overtake him. Part of the way that we like to think about Jesus is that he can do anything. He started off flipping water into wine. He can walk across water and multiply mere loaves and fishes. But this passage reminds us, as this season reminds us, that there is one thing beyond the reach of his abilities Christ desires our love, but cannot force it. Jesus cannot make us love him and the things that he loves. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. He'll walk out of a tomb in a few days, but he cannot walk into our hearts without our permission. How often have I desired to gather you and you were not willing. And that's not for Jerusalem y'all, that's for us. In Christian symbolism, Jerusalem is every place and the ultimate place. Jerusalem is that conflicted city within our hearts and is that, that hope for city of promise. Jerusalem is the earth herself. We lament over the world and our continual warfare. Mothers who have to reclaim identities of their slain children and our ongoing destruction of land and sea and air. We are the holy place that kills prophets, healers sages and innocents, in our complex chaos of our passions. And Jesus is tirelessly begging, working to enter into our hearts like a fierce, unselfish hen would. How often do we hear this term, mother hen, when we refer to a person who is especially nurturing to and protective of those that they love? What a wonderful metaphor Jesus uses in this reading. God, gathering God's children together just as a hen gathers her brood. This image conveys a tenderness, a vulnerability, an unconditional willingness. God as mother hen. But hen is not the first thing that comes to mind when we think of a protective animal. We would soon rather imagine a lion or a fierce bird, something with fangs or something with weight to throw around. Yet this lowly chicken is the image that Jesus chooses to demonstrate the relationship between God and us. God, the mother hen, calls us to the safety of the nest. Underneath forgiving wings, behind this heart that beats beneath a vulnerable breast. There's power in this image, power that is tied to Abram and Rahab, to Shirley and Malcolm, power tied with strength and vulnerability and power in relationship. And this power should shake us up a little bit, not just because we get to imagine a strong and tender feminine God, but because she loves all of us and grieves when any one of us turns away. And as Jesus laments those who will resist him, we are forced to ask how our Lent might be different if we took the time to lament the most unlikely people. I know we're those good kind of Christians who intercede for those who are living in unjust circumstances and those who are without advocacy, but what if our lamenting included those who oppressed them and deny them their resources? Jesus said he, got, he desired to gather God's children together, not just you or not just y'all or not just us, but God's children. Your cries for help need to include you and the person on the other side of the aisle. We need to be lamenting for that other person on the opposite protest line. We have to grieve our silence as Christians to injustice in our city. Our middle class complicity to structures of poverty. The absence of togetherness in our faithfulness and in our humanness. This bridge that we create toward God requires our unity. Our brokenness can only be restored when we have all of the pieces to the puzzle. I think of uh, the old gospel song that we sang in the church where I grew up. The verse says this. He lights the way when the road is alone. He keeps me company with love to guide you. He walks beside you just like he walks with me. When I am weary and filled with despair, who gives me the courage to go on and on and on from there? And who gives me faith? I will never, never doubt. Somebody bigger than you and I. One part of Black History Month reminds us of a people who were forced to extend their vision beyond things as they were, to a deeper, broader, higher vision and dream of things as they could be. Michael Curry writes that this is what Jesus did so well. For Jesus, God's passionate dream, compassionate desire, and bold determination is to gather God's human children closer and closer in God's embrace, closer in God's love. The good news, the gospel, is that even the most unlikely people on the margins of society and at the heights of power are gathered in under this mother's hands care into a new humanity, a new human community, born not of social custom, but of the spirit of God. We are given to each other, designed to rest within God's wings together, purposed to provide love and grace to each other, just as God does for us all. We are called to mirror in this seminary, in our faith communities, in the body of Christ, this big old fluffed up hen who stands between petty and reckless foxes of this world and the fragile chicks God loves so dearly, lifting them up together as we journey through these 40 days and beyond. May we be drawn into the heart of Christ, who stands and stands and stands, offering love and forgiveness, protection and hope, with wings spread and breast exposed. Amen.
3: Let's continue in a spirit of prayer, friends, holding the whole world in in the care and attention and love of our mother and God. Please bow with me. Here we are, God, a planet at prayer.
7: Attune our spirits that every heart might sing your hymn of praise. Here we are, God, a militarized planet, transform our fears that we may convert our missiles into messengers of peace. Here we are, God, a polluted planet, purify our vision that we may cleanse our lands, our waters, and our life-giving air. Here we are, God, an exploited planet. Heal our hearts that we may provide for all an abundance of daily bread. Here we are, God, a politicized and divided planet. Align our desire with your own and gather us into your breast, sheltering us with your wings. Here we are, God, a people gathered in your name Lifting our prayers to you, naming our most sacred longings. We hold in prayer um, the grief expressed by Michael Bade this morning, who called in early and shared that a dear one, Steve Walker, who was in that video that he recorded and shared with us just last week, was shot and killed. For his partner Cheryl, Zare Walker, and two daughters, for Michael and Lisa and the community that dearly loved and treasured Steve, and is in shock and grieving, we ask for your protective spirit of care and nurture and presence. We hold in our hearts and memories our beloved brother, Bob Kaufman who died three years ago today. We remember his life with deep gratitude, even as we miss his presence with us. Spirit of God, be especially present with Thelma this day as she marks this anniversary. May she experience your companionship and our love in her remembering and grieving. We pray for the Morrison Winters family as they continue to recover from their experience of COVID. We're grateful that John and Nicole's symptoms have been relatively mild, even as those symptoms linger and resurge in waves. And we pray that the kids, Oliver and Eleanor, will continue to be spared from the virus, protect their bodies and spirits in this time, and bring the whole family through to health and well being. We pray for the wisdom and political will in this city to care for our neighbors who do not have shelter and are living on the streets with big shifts in city funding and staffing. It's uncertain who will be responding to and resourcing folks who have banded together and formed encampments that have become especially robust in this time of COVID. Grant us wisdom, grant us compassion for our neighbors, grant us the political will to craft humane and long-term solutions to this crisis. We acknowledge also the increasing political divide that is growing in our county now and in our relationships, now more than ever, and feeling it will probably increase before the election. May we know how to speak to those who seem to be on the other side. We pray for college and university students who have left or are leaving shortly for a semester of settings that have been hugely impacted and are expected to be quite different than was, was anticipated. We ask for journey mercies and protection as for those who are leaving and also the settling in for those who have already left and are settling into the routines of a new semester. We turn now to the prayers of the chat box. Praying with Laura Graham, prayers for Jeremiah McLean and the family who lost their hand-built home in fire last week. He is a musician in the wider contradance community and a dear friend. And for Carl and Susan and Sage, who are doing a road trip to Goshen, protection for them. Continued prayers for Jennifer Delante and her family as they continue to grieve and remember and hold one another. May they experience the dear and intimate companionship
1: of spirit and community.
7: Praying with Aunt Elena. Gratitude that Mark's kidney stone has passed. Also thankful that our kids from China have safely arrived in Seattle and are now quarantining with them. I feel your pain and your joy. Praying with Stan and others who are walking alongside Vern as he continues to settle into the adult family home that he's in and the ongoing treatments for cancer, for the emptying out of his condominium and all of those decisions that are hard to do. They all mean change and loss and grief. And um, just hold him. Hold him in all that is coming that he expects and that which is going to be surprising. close now, then with the Lord's Prayer as reinterpreted in the New Zealand Book of Common Prayer. Eternal Spirit, Earth Maker, Pain-Bearer, Life-Giver, Source of all that is and that shall be, Mother and Father of us all, Loving God, in who is Heaven? The hallowing of your name echo through the universe. The way of your justice be followed by the peoples of the world. Your heavenly will be done by all created beings. Your commonwealth of peace and freedom sustain our hope and come on earth. With the bread we need for today, feed us. In the hurts we absorb from one another, forgive us. In times of temptation and tests, strengthen us. From trials too great to endure, spare us. From the grip of all that is evil, free us. For your reign in the glory of the power that is love now and forever, and in all God's people together said, Amen.
3: Amen.
0: Amen. We are grateful for all the many gifts that each of you offer to our congregation, monetary and otherwise. And we are grateful for the means to collect those offerings digitally. Thank you, church. We will close our worship this morning in song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing.
4: Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it, mount of God's unchanging love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from
0: May the good good news word that we heard this morning from our sister Shannon Dykus, may it indeed take root in our lives, may it sprout so that we may indeed be fruit for the world. Amen and go in peace.